Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our second Saturday in our Black History, Celebrating Black History. I'm Pam McElvain, your host on the Inclusive Voice. Real excited to bring to you, you know, I guess we're having a month and really talking about, you know, wellness and how we're able to really, you know, pay attention to what's going on, not just in our community, but in our workplace and in our spaces. You know, when you think about how all of us has flown, um, you know, on the plane and we think about the safety guidelines that flight attendants um, always, you know, try to be cognizant and share with us. One thing among them they always talk about is the oxygen, the oxygen mask drop down. That it's imperative that you secure your own mask, right, before you attempt to assist anyone else with theirs. So when you reflect on that, you're like, what, okay, what, what is Pam talking about here? Well, the reason we bring that up is because we can not help others if we don't care for ourselves first and you know and that's just true and I just keep reiterating that because it's it's significant today in our you know they want to call it the new normal but it's something that our ancestors have done has, has done for generations and time for us to do now so without prioritizing our own wellness you know, be it physical or mental, we can't be our best selves at work or at home or anywhere. So it's about increasing productivity and achieving our goals. But this morning, I want to specifically focus on, you know, stress, where it begins in the workplace and some tools to be able to, to navigate it. Um, just briefly, if, you, if those of you that joined me last Saturday, we actually had Z Clark, the author of Breathe, Black People Breathe. And she was talking about the connections of really the body, mind, and soul to, to wellness and being able to center yourself through trauma. And so here we are now today, we have with us um, one of the best-selling authors, the CEO of um, Donahue Learning Solutions, and, uh, and actually more than that, CEO of Digital Wellness Center, um, the founder of Digital Wellness Center, um, the, uh, an incredible author. Uh, she's based in Canada. We'll talk a lot more with her. Uh, educator, TV personality, just another high-powered uh, personality that we're going to have with us this morning and talk about the strategies and what she's seen. Um, that will allow us to, to be better people. Okay, so with that, um, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and I'll be right back with you. And please feel free to um, reach out, give us a, give us a holler, and uh, share with us what's going on. We'll be right back. From an industry-leading journal and web publication highlighting professionals and best practices to boot camps and conferences featuring noted and accomplished speakers, Diversity MBA is a driving force in diversity, equity, and inclusion education. But Diversity MBA's education push extends beyond the public realm and into the private sector. Thanks to DMBA, enterprises embarking on their DEI journey have access to training webinars, leadership indexes, and more, all of which can help educate and transform a workforce. Embrace DEI. Diversity MBA can help. Visit www.diversitymbamagazine.com for more information. 
Welcome back. Thank those of you that are still with us. I'm Pam McElvain, your host of The Inclusive Voice, and I have with me Dr. Mary Donahue, CEO and author. She's CEO of actually the Digital Wellness Center and most recent author of Message Received. Um, Mary, Dr. Mary Donahue, good morning, and how are you? Good morning, Pam. How are you? Thank you for having me on. Yeah, it's always exciting to have you back. I, you know, I'm okay. A little bit melancholy. Had some, a um, little bit of sadness. Uh, some family uh, losses, and I had some friends that had some losses. So, you know, I'm going to be really interested in understanding how to, you know, level set and manage the stress that shows up. But um, so, what? You know, you, we're calling from Canada. Where are you? Call, where parts of Canada are you calling from? I am in Toronto, and I can't wait for you to come down and visit, maybe during the Jazz Festival in July, the Beaches Jazz Festival. It's amazing. You have to come, Pam. Oh, uh, you know what? Consider it done. We're, we're, you guys heard it live. We're, we're coming in. And so, um, so, Mary, you know, you are the ultimate, you know, just both physically, you know, beautiful, beautiful, but also just the physique of wellness. So, you know, what does your daily routine look like? You know, how do you maintain your self-care? Well, my daily routine has changed dramatically since my heart attack. And I, um, told, I, it's my fault. I had a heart attack. As you know, I've always been physically fit. I've always watched what I've eaten. I mean, I don't think anybody's listening will be surprised to find out you and I have been friends for, I don't know, 13, 14, 15 years. I was still in grad school when we, we met. And, um, one of the things that I learned is that all my stress I held in and I leaned in and I thought if I let go of my stress, you know, then I wouldn't be as good at my job because, and I imagine this happens to a lot of people that are listening. We are all high performers and we are all under such tremendous stress in a post COVID world. I, I always think of COVID as killing our happiness. We, um, we just haven't been able to get our happiness and our humanity back. We haven't gotten our groove back. And so for me, my daily routine now is I get up and I read an actual newspaper. And do you know what I read? I don't read the news. I read the comics, the funnies, as my grandpa used to call them. And then I check the business news. And then, you know, I slowly check my emails, get into my day. By the way, I hate email. It's such a pressure point. And then Pam, I run. I either run or I do yoga uh, for about an hour, an hour and a half every single day. And I make sure I get outside when I do that. And the reason that getting outside is important is... Um, Pam, and, and, and you and I have talked about this. Nature, for me, invigorates me. It gives me energy. It feeds my soul. And then I come back and I get to work. And I'm very focused in my work. I've been known to sit at my desk for eight to ten hours. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's why you have to do all what you do, which is amazing. And and I apologize because I did forget about your heart attack. Just a picture of health and what happens and and how you shift it and react. You know, when you talked about nature, um, you know, not just reinvigorating for you and me, but the author I had uh, last week who studied in um, she studied uh, in India. Um, she was talking about the the science behind nature and what it does for people, and I know you know that. When I when I think about you know, you know, you spending like just five years, you know, researching digital fatigue, um, and how that has led you into this work you're doing today. You know, I hadn't really even thought about. Um, the work of you know the word itself, the two words itself, a digital digital fatigue, but because of your approach, your scientifically proven approach to to help folks identify you know communication strategies and and points in their bodies, um, I think is phenomenal. And so I want to spend some time. Well, let me share. Step back and share with the audience. Um, Dr. Mary Donahue's recent book, Message Received, Seven Steps to Break Down Communication Barriers to Work, details the dangers of workplace stress. And Mary, you're probably just one of the leading um, social scientists that I know that have done a ton of work on stress in the workplace. So it's, it's, it's amazing. But what inspired you? I just want to step back a minute because you were, you know, founder of the learning system, you know, education, mentoring mm-hmm. systems and, you know, online ways to, to, to gain insights and knowledge. What, what made you step back and lean into creating and founding the Digital Wellness Center? What inspired you? For me, for me, it was people like you, Pam. It was people um, that I was talking to during COVID that were exhausted. They were fatigued. Um, they either had low productivity and high self-care or high productivity and low self-care. Or they had low self-care and low productivity. Or they had, you know, high productivity and great self-care, but unfortunately the data shows us that that last box, let's just, let's make it a grid, that last box, only 20% of us are in. And when you talk to people or when you stand in line or when you go online into social media, you see that the majority of us are angry and stressed. In fact, the American Psychological Association so it's 80% anger and stress. We've never, ever been this stressed in all the time they've been measuring it. And Pam, that gave me pause for thought because I found that I was trying to run out my anger in COVID. Um, I lost a business during COVID. Uh, my government just chose not to support small business. And we had to let amazing people go and help them find new jobs. You know, and you rem- you know, you know all my staff. And you know, I just, I couldn't, there was no work. And that brought a lot of anger to me. And people were leaving people close to them. And that brought a lot of anger to them. And then that anger is all inspired, like ignited by stress. 
And when I finally ended up um, in the cardiac ICU, arguing, I was arguing with 911 that I wasn't having a heart attack because I knew it would slow me down and stop me from having meetings the next day. When I finally woke up and I was face to face with the cardiologist, uh, yeah, you know me, I'd like we'll try and negotiate my way out of into or out of anything. And I was like, I'm so busy. You have no idea. Um, actually I had a fight with, with Paul because I said to him, all I need is ginger ale. Just get me ginger ale. This isn't a heart attack. <laughs> it's, it's the flu. It's something else. So, you know, just before I thought I was dying, I did say I was sorry. <laughs> but, bam, that's what inspired me to do it. When I was in the cardiac ICU, I was like, there are so many women like me out there and men. And transgender individuals that are doing their very best every single day. And they're working too hard. and They're not taking breaks because they say, oh, my gosh, if I take a break, I'm going to get my head out of this game. And if I get my head out of the game, I'm going to lose. Well, guess what? I lost. Mm-hmm. I lost the business. Yeah. I lost everything. And you know what? I was totally kicked out of the game when I had a heart attack. So yeah. that almost killed me. I had to change how we began to think. And that's how I came up with our digital therapeutic, which you take instead of a pill. Because so many people say to high-performance people, like you and I, Pam, oh, you know what? Just take some Ativan or just do this or just do that. And that's, that's great if that's what you need. But for a lot of us, that doesn't cut it. Because we slip down into that low productivity and low self-care. Or we're not clinically depressed, so we're not diagnosed with that. So what I thought is, hey, what if we get proactive? What if we take people like me and we change the paradigm? What if we give you tools to manage a multidimensional wellness plan? And how would that look? And what would we do? And how do we include measurement? Because probably most of your audience will remember this. If it isn't measured, it isn't real. It isn't. So, Mary, let's just take a couple moments. First, let me just pause and say, oh, my goodness, you know, I, I mean, you're suffering in silence. I really had no idea you were faced with that level of stress and trauma that you just shared. Um, so so vulnerably to our audience. So we're gonna we're gonna take a commercial break and we're gonna be right back to continue this conversation. And I think this kind of revelation that Dr. Mary Donahue is sharing with us and, and exposing is, is where we need to reflect and and really try to get to a place and a space that we need to try to lean into. So so thank you so much, um, Dr. Mary, for for being so for real, truthful, and authentic with us. We'll be right back after this commercial break. Stay tuned. Everyone's talking about diversity, equity, and inclusion. Let Diversity MBA Media bring you up to speed on the discussion. 
with benchmarking services that help enterprises gauge and expand the diversity of their workforces, to fresh, insightful, deep dive articles on the Diversity MBA website. CEO Pam Micklevane leverages years of experience and some of the foremost thought leaders on diversity, equity, and inclusion to spread the DEI message and curate content that educates and enlightens. In addition, Diversity MBA Media hosts annual conferences that bring together speakers from all across the DEI spectrum, with thousands of virtual attendees learning industry best practices from a wide range of perspectives. Check out Diversity MBA Media, join the diversity, equity, and inclusion movement, and be a part of the discussion. www.diversitymbamagazine.com Thank you for staying with us. And I have with me Dr. Mary Donahue. She is the seven-time author of best-selling books, and her most recent book is um, Message Received that we'll talk a little bit more about um, a little later. But right now, um, Mary, Dr. Mary was just sharing with us, you know, just, you know, this incredible vulnerable story and what it took for her to step back and reflect. And as she leaned into creating a new, uh, an opportunity to take something um, that was, you know, that was not so good and turning, what do they say, take lemons and, and turn it, turn it into lemonade. Um, what I particularly like, Mary, is um, when you talked about digital therapeutic. So when we get into, and as you're sharing your story, what inspired you to um, develop Digital Wellness Center, just want to you know, hear a little, before we get off this subject, a little bit more about, about the work, because I, you're absolutely right. Um, and, and, and let me just say this too, everybody seems to be getting on board to wanting to create all these different ways to, 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 to settle down and meditate. But I just want to hear what's uniquely different about what you're bringing to the market. Uh, let, let's talk a little bit about that. Uh, people told me to meditate, Pam, and I suck at it. Like whenever I have to meditate, I am just that person that needs, uh, I just need constant activity and, and Mary, thank you. Thank you, Mary. Thank you. Thank you for <laughs> validating that. I just have to, I'm sorry. Thank you for validating that for me. I thought it was just me. I just thought I couldn't do no. it. Thank you. Thank you for knowing I'm in a community so with others. Oh, okay. Go ahead. I just, oh, yes. <laughs> Thank you for that diagnosis. Thank you. But let me show you what I know you're good at, Pam. And I know a lot of your listeners are really good at. It's what's called micro breaks. And micro breaks are really good for high performers. Like really, really good. And so what I'd like to do right now is show you a little bit about um, how they work. And then I'm going to tell you a little story about them. Would that be okay? Oh, yeah. Let's go. Let's do this. Okay. <laughs> Let's do this, baby girl. Okay, here we go. On the floor, put your feet together and flat. Now, put your hands together and intermesh your fingers. 
stiffen your legs and push into that floor. Stiffer, stiffer. Now push into your palms. Now squeeze your jaw, your neck, your spinal column. Tighten your body. Tight it like a knot. Tight, 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 tight. Grit your teeth. Oh, come on, Pam. Let me hear you grit. Grit, grit, grit. Uh, uh, okay, I'm pushing. <laughs> okay. And now release. Just release. <sighs> yeah. Now that feeling of tension easing from your body is what I've patented. And I created it for years and years and years. And what it's called is a micro break. And what I just did is I cleared your brain. Well, you were listening to my voice tell you to push your fingers together, to push your feet together, to do all those wonderful things. Your brain was focusing on that. It wasn't focusing on how many emails you had or what's your next meeting. It wasn't focusing on anything. You were like, oh my gosh, she's cuckoo, but this is kind of fun. And you know what? It is. Because it cleanses your brain and allows you to get back to working at your best. It fills up that gas tank. So what my stride is, what I do is I create an immersion, like an emergency. Think about it as um, we gamify content to create a psychological emergency break, something that just slows you right down to reduce your stress. And we continue to do this. And a lot of it is based on work that first started in Purdue in the 1980s. Um, Purdue started to create micro breaks as an idea to stop um, injuries that were, were happening in the workplace. And they failed miserably because they were only like you know, 21 seconds or something. They thought that might do it. Well, that didn't cut it. We had to go a little longer. But here's a kind of cool story. Everybody went back on. And um, as you know, I mean, you're a published author. You do tons of research. You're an amazing researcher. Sometimes you fail in research, and that's your best opportunity. And so everybody goes, you know, everybody went back to the table. And then in Quebec, here, here in Canada, they said, okay, let's see how this works at somebody who has to think critically all the time. Let's look at surgeons, and let's see if micro breaks help surgeons. And so what they did is they created three groups, you know, using the classical design. One group of surgeons got a break, and, you know, they just did whatever they wanted to do. Another group of surgeons got a break, and they were told to play on their phone. And another group of surgeons get a little micro break like we just did, except they were told to cut out stars with paper because they were in person. Now, Pam, guess what happened when those surgeons started going back after all these breaks in an eight-hour day? Who do you think did the very best? Mm-hmm. Those that took the, the mini breaks, the micro breaks. Those that did the mini breaks. What they found is people who were on their phone, the physicians that were on their phone, were more stressed going back into surgery because of the volume of information on People who just sort of did whatever they wanted to do, their stress and exhaustion level hadn't changed from previous experiments. But people who took that little, those doctors that took those little wee breaks, 
like we just experienced self-assessed as more relaxed and more efficient. And that's what we all want to be. That's what makes us happy. High self-care, high productivity. So this is incredible. So, so Mary, before, Dr. Mary, before I lose this, so what you just described, and I know people were probably trying to do it and write it down, where can they go? <laughs> To learn more, Let me have a and free, to subscribe have a to premium plan. Uh, nope, I, okay. I, I don't even want people to buy anything right now. We're all so stressed. What I suggest okay. you do is go to the digitalwellnesscenter.com and or you can go to mystride.co and we have a premium offer where you can get three little emails a week that give you one of these exercises based on your mood because what we try and do is change your mood with these breaks from bad to good to put it simply like i don't need to go into the science of it right okay so we're going to go to digitalwellness.com Digital so we're going to go to digitalwellness.com, digitalwellnesscenter.com, or mystride.com. Dot co, C-O. We couldn't get com, and somebody tried to sell it oh. to me for $27,000, and I was like, no, I'm good, thanks. Oh, oh dot co. So <laughs> go to digitalwellnesscenter.co, C-O, or... No, dot com, or mystride.co. So just go. Oh, my, my stride is .com. Got it. Got it. I thought yeah. it was digitalwellnesscenter.com. Yeah. Digitalwellnesscenter.com. All one word. Yep. And then mystride.co. Got you. Actually, I like that. Mystride.co. Yeah. That's a little more catchy. Well, because we're trying to help people find their stride in this crazy world that we live in. And, you know, I what I like about what you're doing to... Um, Dr. Mary is taking out the complexity in relaxing. You know, people have just over prescribed what everyone needs to do. Um, all the all the yoga, all this other stuff that people need to do to just to just be able to relax. But but going back to the basics, going back to just simplicity and doing what you naturally do. You know, I've naturally taken micro breaks all my life because we were taught to do that as athletes. So I was doing that and didn't know I was doing it. But this is really, really, um, you know, a phenomenon that um, we need to get back to anyway. And we do, because I, I that's really the conversation about the trauma society culture we live in. But this is really um, as simplistic as it sounds. This is really, really, really a significant um, well, discovery and, and work. Pam, here's another prescription. It goes back to Alfred Adler, that great psychologist. And as a coach, you know, I'm sure you say this a hundred times to people, like a week. Is another prescription besides micro breaks is volunteering. You know, in the 1970s, and I hate to go back into the past, but we have to understand our history to understand our future. Um, people took less mood-enhancing drugs. And they did more volunteering, significantly more volunteering, 67% more volunteering. So 67% of us were volunteering in the 70s. And as we stopped volunteering, we started taking more mood-enhancing drugs. So there's a relationship between the two. 
an Adler said, it's because you're getting out of yourself. And that's the whole thing about relaxing. Get out of your way to reduce your stress. And, you know, when you're running, if you run super fast all the time, you're going to get hurt. But if you find your stride and ease into your stride, it's a little like dancing. If you've got that groove, you can do it all night. But if you don't have your stride, it's gone. And so, you know, what's ironic about this. Oh, my goodness. So when you, you're volunteering, that's amazing. And, you know, part of a lot of our lives, right? Part of our lives, what we do. And, you know, and companies from a from a social and community responsibility perspective, you know, they pay for their employees to have a day off, you know, to and they mm-hmm. volunteer hundreds of thousands of hours and thinking they're doing, and they are, they're doing all this good for the community, but not once have they tied it back to the well-being and the mental and, and psychological and physical uh, sa- uh, safety and, um, you know, and, and cognitive function that all of this this brings and what you just talked about reduces stress and, and gets people engaged at a whole nother level. I'm like, this is this is brilliant. And and to tie that back to productivity for 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 leaders in a company, they're gonna be like, Oh my god, yes, this is another thing we didn't know. Let's let's do more of this. <laughs> so when people do this, they're seven times more effective. And our findings are absolutely no different than the findings of those doctors in Quebec, than the original findings of Purdue that made them create microbreaks. See? It's been consistent since the 70s, Pam, and I'm so glad you hit on that from a business point of view. But, you know, people don't want to listen. So I'm encouraging people like, you know, HR people and all those other people, like they've got their own way of doing things. And to try and change people is impossible. So what I think we should do as our own people is what you said at the very top. How do we take charge? How do we create our day? And I'm actually working on a daily planner that helps you take charge of your day and do this. And, um, you know, together, I'm hoping we can launch this because you and I, we just, we, we're good partners. We're like chocolate and peanut butter. We are. And you know what's interesting? Z Clark said, she goes, because people, and then we're going to go to commercial break after this. But you're so right, Mary. I mean, she just reinforced what you said. Because she said, you know, people, sometimes if you ask them, um, you know, two complex questions about their body and what have you, they're not tuned enough to tell you. So just ask them how they're feeling in that moment. <laughs> it's, real, it's just real simple. Just ask folks, how are you? How are you feeling in that moment? And then that will at least get them started. I'm telling you, it's back. We're going back to basics for real. I mean, for real. So we're gonna we're gonna take a quick commercial break, and oh my goodness, and we're gonna get back. And I think next, Mary, stay tuned, folks, and we're gonna get back into going a little deeper into your your latest book, uh, Message Received, and see what we can do better and more effectively in the workplace. The tech talent war in the U.S. is making it almost impossible for companies to hire and is holding companies back from achieving their important business goals. What is the answer? Go global with bold business. 
We have the reach, experience, and proven methods to help your company access great talent. From recruiting and sourcing to onboarding and post-hiring operations, Bold Business can help businesses tap into a worldwide talent pool and can craft solutions for an enterprise of any size. Go Bold and let Bold Business solve your talent challenges and help your company succeed. For more info, visit www.boldbusiness.com. Welcome back, everyone, and I hope you've been with us hearing these great, great tips in terms of micro breaks and what they'll do for you. If you go to digitalcenterwellness.com or mystride.co, co, you can get many, many tips and information on micro breaks and what you could do. That will just change your life. And by the way, did you know volunteering increases productivity seven more times than the average who knew we knew we'd love to help others but look at the benefits wow how great is that so dr mary author of um, message received one of many many books that she has written seven steps to break down communication barriers at work Mary, I want to shift our conversation over now a bit in, into the workplace um, and talking a bit about why why now? Why why now did did you feel and believe that what was going on in the workplace we still were missing it, that you had to write yet another book? And linking communication barriers to workplace stress. Mm-hmm. We uh, have our brains haven't had time to adapt to digital communication, Pam. I mean, it's really only been since 2007. And prior to that, what did we have like 2,000, 3,000 years of reading and doing things like that? I, I think I might have my history wrong, but thousands of years of reading. And when you think about it, that's a huge shift. But none of us gave ourselves any grace. None of us said, oh, we should maybe sit back and watch this and see how other people are communicating and try and understand their digital body language or their digital um, their, their digital mood. And we didn't. And no one talked about that. And that's really killing happiness in the workplace. If you look at engagement levels, since we introduced the, the idea of communicating or working um, away from each other, we see engagement drop. And we are not meant to be isolated. And digital communication, communication isolates us unless... We can identify the patterns, which is how our brain works, is on patterns. And if we can identify the patterns, then we can successfully negotiate digital and allow our brain to catch its breath every once in a while. Stop running that marathon that we're running every day, catching up to all this communication. Yeah, I just I was just pausing there intentionally, just you know. 
it's really, which we don't do, right? People think, okay, say something, something must be wrong. But no, that was an intentional pause. Um, and you're, you're absolutely right. And I often have thought about the overwhelmingness of, of information and, and how to communicate. Um, and you know, Mary, with the current book, Dr. Mary, the current book I'm now working on right now is um, Workplace Inclusion uh, Strategies. I tell you, just reading a lot of historical um, references that you know, scientists and professors have come up with, with what we, that you're bringing forward again, that we just forgot about doing. Um, we, we forgot about leaning on our, our, our innate um, instincts to do what's best for ourselves. But, but you're right, we've gotten lost and overwhelmed with all of this. So when, you know, you talk about, you know, most conversations, you know, people don't connect how they, you know, how they are surrounding wellness, you know, with the change in the digital age, in this digital age. So how does, you know, your book does focus, you know, on, on because of your research and all what's happened in the workplace, but how do people, I guess what I want to, what am I trying to ask here, is how do people, you know, how are, how do they identify um, stress to, you know, some of the workplace stress to their inability to communicate effectively, to get their message across that they int intentionally, how how are they connected, and what can they do, what can they do to identify those? tensions as they as they begin to rise and then to to begin to manage them well the first thing is a lot of us write as we're talking and there's a different cadence in an email than there is in speech and sometimes if you're super busy you're writing an email and you are in the middle of a thought and you think that person understands your thought because you wrote an email about it, like it's in the train. But that person forgets that thought. So when they get your email, they're like, what is she talking about? And nobody ever reads to the bottom of an email anyway. None of us read long emails. And so that's the first problem is time and pressure. And that time and pressure that we've put ourselves under digitally is literally killing us. And what I advocate that people start doing is doing what we used to do naturally, which is take a break. Your brain can only handle so much, your prefrontal cortex. Think about it as an engine. And your prefrontal cortex is your engine rubbing. And when you start off and you drive, you know, you're, you're doing fine. And then you find out you're, you're late and you start hitting the pedal to the metal and you're pushing and you're pushing and, you know, your engine's working harder and it's harder and it's harder and it's harder. And if you don't occasionally apply that brake, you're going to get into an accident. And that's what happens with our brains. And so... What we do and what we abdicate is learning how to pull that emergency brake or learning how to pump those brakes in your car every now and then. Now, in our old workforce, there were naturally stop signs and naturally stop lights. 
we used to pre um you know pre-teens pre-zoom you used to walk to a meeting with your friends you used to talk to people before the meeting started um i always remember working with walmart in arkansas and they would always say hey how's your day how's the weather how's this you know it was such a, a lovely way of easing in to a meeting now in new york it was basically how's the weather okay let's start but that's okay. Those were cultural differences that were accepted. But now we're balancing multi things when we Zoom. We don't just focus on the people on the screen. We're flipping on our phones. We're checking our emails. We're looking at the chat. We're doing all these different things. It's really hard on your brain. That's like being on that. That's like driving through numerous red lights. And so to solve it, you begin to look for patterns in communication that become natural stop signs for you. For example, millennials write shorter emails. Boomers write longer emails. As soon as you begin to identify those patterns, you can do what we call mirroring, digital mirroring back. And it saves you a lot of time because you reduce the misunderstandings. Yeah, you know, and and then a- and asking people how do you prefer to communicate, you know, it's not a bad thing, <laughs> even though it might not be the the best way you want to, but asking them um, helps with that. And I do, and I just read something, um, Doctor Mira, Mira uh, Doctor Mira Mary on I'm, I'm, I'm tongue tying mirroring mirroring. I just read something on mirroring. It's just so funny that you mentioned that. I'm just like, oh wow. Okay, this is this is cool. So in terms of so I really I really like this and I like the simplicity of of the nuggets you know that you just shared in in terms of what we have to step back and do. So so because though you know people are not still recognizing what you said is still the basics you know, the basic tenements of, um, of communication and stress. How do you record, how do you, what do you suggest for people to, to bring this up in a healthy way in their work, workplace or community um, if they're not practicing these things or if they see these triggers? Um, and, you know, and then there is stress and tension caused. How do you, how do you um, coach them into approaching someone to, to try stride.co. You know, when we coach people into trying my stride.co, we just say, would you like to have less stress in your day? Then use us to take a break. And when we talk to corporations, do you want your staff to be seven times more effective in their work and more productive? And they all look at me like I'm crazy. And then I say, it's science. It's not magic. Your brain operates in a certain way. Everyone's brain does. So you really need to start learning how to abdicate for yourself because you're putting too much pressure on your brain. And we're probably going to end where we started. You know, for me, all that pressure ended up in a heart attack. For other people, I don't know what's going to happen to them. It could be a heart attack. It could be a stroke. It could be cancer. It could be diabetes. It could be anything. But we really need to start advocating for ourselves and taking these natural breaks. You know, as you say, getting back to basics, none of us are so important 
that we can't leave work for three minutes. Get over yourself mm-hmm. if you think you are, because mm-hmm. you're not. You're seriously mm-hmm. not. If a brain surgeon can take a three-minute break, we can. (laughs) Absolutely. So my question for you, with all that you now do, what you've shifted to make sure you make time for yourself, what time does your day start to be able to get in before your busy meetings start, all that you do? Um, I do not have any meetings till 10 a.m. Okay, so that's I one. That's the first rule. I, no meetings before ten. That allows rule. you to do that. Okay. And okay. I in my calendar, I have lunch blocked off from twelve to twelve thirty. I don't want to talk to people at that time. And okay. I usually do something silly, like watch an old love boat or an Andy Griffith or something. I don't okay. read Harvard Business Review or do anything else. Like I'm really just chilling. Yeah, and then I, you know, I go hard. You know, after that, until six o'clock, when my darling husband usually brings me a wee treat. It could be a little dessert, it could be a cocktail, it could be anything. But that's his signal to me to stop working. I love that. I I had to ask you, Mary, because I, I need to be able to do that. Now, I don't know if I can... I can get the 10 o'clock rule in, but I'm going to maybe try and get yes, in maybe can. three days a week. Well, I, well, I do have a rem- I do have a remote Monday, so um, but and I don't take more than two meetings that day. So, Good. you know, maybe I'll, I'll, co- I'll coordinate with maybe because, you know, we do have those of you, you know, on the East Coast time. So I have to be sensitive to that, but I could probably go with the nine o'clock rule. I love that. <laughs> and then, and then definitely the, the 12, the 1230. I love that. I'm going to take that across the board. 30 minutes. And you know what I think I'm going to do? I'm going to tell everybody in the organization to block off lunchtime for 30 minutes and, and move away you from your desk. Best idea you move can away. Step away. I even oh. have running in my schedule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't have a problem exercising because I'm I'm gonna do that. I'm a guru, ex collegiate athlete, so I'm gonna I'm gonna do that because that's part of it. But but that break, because I'm like you, I work in those long blocks of hours and yep. stuff. You but sure you know, do. Here's something I do want to ask you real quickly because this is a good question. <laughs> so. Um, it says, I didn't, I just, I mean, this is kind of, you know, I'm just looking at this and I'm like, hmm, I'm interested to hear you describe this. And I know it looks like a heart attack, but because you said that, but what does stress look like? You know what stress looks like? A grumpy old man. That's what stress mm. looks like. You're not happy. You're complaining. You're not yourself. All of us know when we're on our game. We know when we've got our stride and stress steals that from you. And the more you allow stress to make you a grumpy old man, the less you enjoy your life. And so Pam, that's what I want you to remember. Do you want to be a grumpy old man or do you want to be someone who's enjoying their life? Okay. That's what it looks like. Okay. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna own that. <laughs> yep. I'm gonna own, own that. So let me um 
ask you, could you ask, actually you've, you've answered like just a, a ton of stuff, but outside of Amazon, we know Amazon, let me just say this, people can go get your book. They can get multiple books, but they definitely can get the latest book, um, Message Received. Where else can they go? Is it... Um, uh, your local bookstore, we have it all. Um, it's in all the bookstores. It's on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. It, it's all there. But thank you for asking that. But I do encourage everybody to go to the digitalwellnesscenter.com and sign up for our freemium. Yeah, and the way and the way that works, the Digital Wellness Center is really cool. It comes into my email, and I will tell you when I see it, I like, oh, let me click on this, and it makes me stop. I'm like, oh, this is cool. <laughs> I'm literally stopping because I see this, and I'm gonna even if it's just a couple minutes. It's it's really cool that um, you know you have something to help trigger because it's like we need something to help us trigger. Oh, God, Pam. And what, what well, and so, speaking you know, of stopping, so thank you, thank you for this time, thank you for this interview, thank you for sharing, and I really hope you get. You know, you book that lunch into your day and, and don't get the aches and pains of a grumpy old man. <laughs> and, and I'm going to try not to do that. We're going to we're going to we're going to take so much of your advice. Um, Dr. <laughs> Mary Donahue's advice. CEO, right? Extraordinaire. Oh, by the way, let me congratulate you for being named one of the top 10 entrepreneurs by Fortune to watch. I Thank am you. privileged. <laughs> we are very privileged to be talking to you. Thank you for, for your time again and your innovation. Um, everyone, go to digitalcenterwellness.com for your best life. Nope, to live the your digitalwellnesscenter.com. Yeah, thank you so much. That digital wellness. And as always, Mary, thank you so much. You have a great day um, and, and thank enjoy. Thank you, I appreciate this opportunity. Thank you. Take care. And with that, we're going to go to commercial break, and we'll be right back after this your finger on the pulse of the diversity, equity, and inclusion movement. Check out diversitymbamagazine.com. As a dedicated news and media focal point for workplaces, professionals, and students, diversitymbamagazine.com is chock full of profiles of accomplished professionals in the DEI space, as well as notes of recognition and other newsworthy items. Check out the 2021-50 out front, get the skinny on diversity recruiting, Tap into the latest in DEI. Go to diversitymbamagazine.com and subscribe for updates. And welcome back, everyone. This is Pat McElveen, your host. You know, we talked about introducing um, diversity moments this year, and this is where I have an opportunity to share with you one way to be more inclusive and, and to actually have created more sense of belonging for yourself. The show that we just had recently talked about communication and increasing awareness for self-care. Believe it or not, inclusion and belonging, a fundamental part of it, is creating a safe place to work, both physically and mentally. So organizations within the workplace, they're looking for ways to find how wellness can integrate into the daily work routines. This is very real. We've had more than 70% of companies since the pandemic that have integrated practices that they have with, that they um, 
presented in COVID, where they had all of these, they gave time off, they created foundations for affordable care, they extended part-time employees' hours. Actually, now, since the pandemic, these have become regular practices, increasing flexibility, allowing expanded hours um, and times off for PTO, allowing um, men to have paternity time, uh, creating remote cultures where people can work at home longer and allow more time to travel in. What's diverse about this is that organizations are creating a workplace that's highly flexible and engaging of differences in terms of how people are able to be most productive. And believe it or not, the conversation with Dr. Mary Donahue on micro breaks is actually a real thing where we must be able to create a way in this new normal to really be able to step away and not be overwhelmed with the digital um, information age. So standing up at your computer, breathing um, for 30 seconds or 10 seconds in between, all of this wellness creates actually high, higher productivity, reduces stress, and allows you to take the break that you should, the break that you deserve in your day. So regardless of how long you choose to work in a, in a work day, you owe it to yourself to find 30 minutes every day for wellness while on the clock, if you will. That's your diversity moment from Pam McElvain, your host, The Inclusive Voice. Self-care, you owe it to you. And with that, we will we'll stay tuned. We'll be back with you next week on our Inclusive Voice. Have a great rest of the weekend. The world is embracing a remote, globalized, and diverse workforce. Is your organization prepared when it comes to understanding all the nuances of diversity? Diversity MBA can help. From an industry-leading journal and web publication highlighting professionals and best practices to boot camps and conferences featuring noted and accomplished speakers, Diversity MBA is a driving force in diversity, equity, and inclusion education. Check out diversitymbamagazine.com and take the first step towards transforming your organization. Hey, before we get going, this is an exercise to help you de-escalate emotional stress. But if it's serious and you don't feel like you can cope, go see a physician. Don't mess around with stuff like this. We hit our emotional ceiling when we're exhausted, angry, or isolated. It's a barrier to success, and if it isn't lowered, it has the capacity to hurt our careers and our family life. It's created by an inability to access our brain's communication filters when we're on digital. 90% of the time you hit your emotional ceiling, it's in the digital realm. And most commonly, when you misinterpret a positive as a negative. Eventually, your brain starts to react to this negativity, furthering the failing filter between positive and negative. Then fight or flight begins. Fight or flight is an acute response in the moment. You may want to leave for another job, or you feel constantly weighed down by fatigue and anxiety, which affects your judgments and your critical thinking. When you are constantly hitting your emotional ceiling at work, it starts to affect your perception of your team and their perception of you. When a certain team member's name pops up in your inbox, 
or in your text messages and causes stress, and it's not just emotional, you begin to experience increased heart rate, sweating, a sense of panic. These physical responses to hitting your emotional ceiling are probably the easiest way to know when you're there. To stop this feeling, shut off, sit down, and breathe like a bowl in a ring. Fight or flight is a primal response to modern stressors that our brains still haven't evolved to process. So when dealing with the nervous system, primal physical actions speak much louder than words. To begin, shut off your email, your phone, or turn on mute in a meeting. Close your eyes. If you have a chair with arms, gently hold on to them. Inhale through your nose as slowly, deeply, and gently as you can. Exhale through your mouth twice as slow as you inhale. Inhale through the mouth, two, three. Exhale through the nose, three, four, five, six. Inhale, two, three. Exhale, two, three, four, five, six. Inhale, two, three. Exhale, two, three, four, five, six. Now take in a big breath through your nose. Then breathe out like an angry bull in quick breaths. Force the air out using your diaphragm so you feel your belly button move inward with each exhale. Push the air and the negative emotion from your head. Repeat as necessary. You will find your heart rate decreases and your ceiling retracts.